perfect storm is brewing around San Francisco 49er receiver Trent Taylor. Yes, the oft-injured 2017 fifth-round draft pick out of Louisiana Tech and the school's record holder for career receptions. According to Adam Schefter, the 49ers plan to sign J.J. Nelson and Tavon Austin. This is as clear a sign as we're going to get about Debo Samuel's health. It looks like he's headed to the pup list. Then today, the 49er wide receiver death chart got even thinner with Jalen Hurd going down reportedly with a knee injury. And so what does that leave? Rookie wide receiver Brandon Ayuk, who presumably will be lined up outside and stretching the defense. George Kittle dominating the vertical seams and intermediate game. And underneath him is the Wes Welker clone in Trent Taylor. You know how they say, cover me, in cop movies? Well, George Kittle is going to be Trent Taylor's cover, attracting the attention of all the safeties in the linebackers. All of them. All the safeties in the linebackers. Then it's just a matter of whether you believe Trent Taylor is good enough to beat nickel corners in the NFL. I believe he can. The Patriots traded Jimmy Garoppolo to San Francisco on October 30th of 2017. That was Trent Taylor's rookie year. Garoppolo didn't start until week 12, and when he did, Taylor was his security blanket over the middle, accounting for six targets and six receptions for 92 yards against the Bears. That was the second most targets amongst wide receivers, second to Marquise Goodwin. In 2017, Taylor recorded 19 third-down receptions for a first down, which placed him ninth that season amongst all pass catchers and tied for first among rookies. He was also eighth in the league in punt return yards with 281. Athletically, Trent Taylor's profile is comparable to Wes Welker's, if not better. Welker's greatest athletic attribute was his agility with a 66th percentile agility score. He wasn't overly athletic. He ran a 4740. That's a first percentile speed score. First. And he wasn't even very productive in college. Take Trent Taylor on the other hand. 95th percentile agility score, very productive in college at Louisiana Tech, and then in the NFL, he's 10th amongst rookie pass catchers in receiving yards as a 5th round draft pick. This is 2017. John Ross, Mike Williams, Kenny Galladay, Christian McCaffrey, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chris Godwin. Then injuries derailed him after 2017. Back surgery 2018. Then in 2019, foot injury, surgery, infection, additional surgeries. But he's finally healthy. Taylor compares favorably to several of the more productive slot-wide receivers in recent memory. Julian Edelman, Doug Baldwin, Cooper Cup and the aforementioned Wes Welker, with exceptional quickness being the trait that unifies all of them. In addition to that, except with the exception of Cooper Cup, we're talking about little to no draft capital with all of these guys. Edelman didn't have his first 1,000-yard season until age 27. Same for Doug Baldwin. Welker was 26 in 2007, his first year with New England when he recorded 112 receptions for 1,175 yards. From play style to athletic measurables to career arc, Edelman, Baldwin, and Wes Welker, who just happens to be the 49ers receiver coach, are appropriate comparisons for Trent Taylor. This is Trent Taylor's age 26 year. Emmanuel Sanders is in New Orleans, now with the loss of Debo Samuel, and now Heard. The only thing that's standing in between Trent Taylor and being the 49ers leading wide receiver is rookie Brandon Ayuk and Kendrick Bourne. A storm is brewing. This is the Sharp Review.
Most fantasy football podcasts are redundant, whether it be Devi, Dynasty, or Redraft with their top 10 player lists and discussions about who you should take in one-on-ones and drafts. Even mock draft shows might, might go three rounds. And so the focus of 90% of fantasy content is the top of rosters. And not everyone is guilty of this, but a lot are. Just for example, in Dynasty Leagues this past offseason, the conversation was dominated by the Jonathan Taylor versus Clyde Edwards Hilaire debate and whether Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb was the number one receiver. I don't need help with the top of my roster. I'm sorry. And you probably don't need help with the top of your roster either. Fantasy football consumers are the most sophisticated in any industry. I'm convinced. You can't sell your 400% markup steak knives to fantasy football players. You can't sell your beach house in Idaho to fantasy football players. In the immortal words of Jamie Foxx, I don't need it. If you're listening to a fantasy football podcast between February and July, the odds are you've heard of Jonathan Taylor. You've probably been tracking him since his freshman year. You've probably traded 2020 picks three years ago anticipating drafting him at the 101. That's how sophisticated fantasy football players are. There are so many senior writers on Twitter for draft blogs I've never heard of. Fantasy football players are getting 8 and 9% returns and are maxing out their 401ks every single year. And most fantasy football podcasts are selling 4% annuities and whole life insurance. Nah, I, I'm good. People always ask me for videos about slang. Um, and I don't really like teaching slang because slang is so um, local. If I was talking to, if I were talking to a friend, I would probably never say, no, thank you, I'm fine. I would just say, no, I'm good, thanks. Football is the best soap opera on television this side of Tyler Perry. And we make ourselves part of the story by making predictions and tracking players and having takes. What is fantasy football but being loud right or loud wrong on a player. What I want to do with this, whatever this is, is shine a spotlight on the characters who are, at least at present, lesser known players in the plot line. But who could ultimately become major factors? 2019 is a great example of the the type of player and story that I find compelling. Sometimes they don't even have an ADP or they're generally considered afterthoughts. I'm talking about players like Darius Slayton, Deontay Johnson, Preston Williams, Scott Miller, Patrick Laird, Travis Homer, Gardner Minshew. And that's just that's just 2019. I'm in a competitive 16-team league with four rounds of rookie picks. Darius Slayton, Preston Williams, and Scott Miller weren't even drafted. Even if you look back a few years, you can see that there are these players that no one is talking about, that no one is focusing on, that end up being league winners. Look at 2018. Philip Lindsay, Boston Scott, Chase Edmonds, Mike Boone. Chase Edmonds might be a league winner this year. 2017. 2017 was crazy. Chris Godwin and Kenny Galladay. Now, they both had some buzz, but were ta- they were being taken after the first round of Dynasty rookie drafts. But 2017 also featured George Kittle and Austin Eckler and Matt Breida and Chris Carson. Carson and Eckler, both of whom finished as RB1s in 2019. Now these players have significant value especially, especially if you consider the initial cost of acquisition. I mean, I guess my point is, is that you could build a championship caliber roster with third round picks and fab and players that no one is taking the time to seriously tout. 
In 2019, you could have featured Gardner Minshew at quarterback, Eckler and Carson at running back, Galladay Godwin and Preston Williams at wide receiver, and George Kittle at tight end. This podcast will be nothing if not an attempt to cover these underdog stories, the day three picks, the guys that MFL hasn't even created yet and who I keep tagging them about. And I'm going to cover Devi and Dynasty fantasy football because in college football the landscape is so vast that there's tons of players that you could cover in both power five and non-power five conferences without being redundant so i'm going to forego the layup with the players that i discuss and highlight we're going to pass the ball back for the three the deep 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 three And that is the sharp review for this, the 10,244th day since the Detroit Lions last celebrated a playoff victory. 28 years, 7 months, and 10 days to the date. From Los Angeles, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. I envision having guests on to talk about some of the players that they're sneaking on to tactics squads and at the end of benches or in C2C leagues, players that you think are value. So shoot me a DM if you want to come on. Stay in your lane, I stay on the go. I can play with the pros and that like a rookie, so they overlook me, then I double up again. Have you ever been sold life insurance? Every every single one every single life insurance agent has a story about a client who died without life insurance or who died and just so happened to purchase life insurance from that agent every single time. Every single time, guaranteed. Go have lunch with somebody from Northwestern Mutual. They'll tell you. Go ahead. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche. Five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. This still bothers me. In 2017, I was doing a little bit of writing for Dynasty Nerds, and I have a 75% completed article from the 2017 offseason before the draft called Headaches talking about Chris Carson and touting Chris Carson. And uh, <laughs> it still bothers me that I wasn't the guy that was on the on the forefront publicly saying, you got to go draft Chris Carson. I think it's all fun. I need to know everything. Who in the what in the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. The guy who's listening to a fantasy football podcast in January probably doesn't need help with the Jerry Judy versus CeeDee Lamb debate. That guy's been watching Jonathan Taylor since 2018. He doesn't need another segment on a podcast dedicated to why Jonathan Taylor is good. Scotty Miller had more catches in 2019 than Nikhil Harry. That's fine. Nikhil Harry was injured. Okay, I get it. You think Marquise Brown was a deep threat last year? Scotty Miller had a higher yards per reception and a higher A dot. But no one's out here shouting to Scotty Miller. Brashad Perriman is lucky because Scotty Miller was having hamstring problems at the end of the year when Chris Godwin got hurt. And that little run that Perriman had, that never would have happened had Scotty Miller not gotten hurt at the end of the Lions game. And let's not even talk about Justin Watson. I mean, if you look at the snap shares... When between Scotty Miller and and Justin Watson, is there's just no comparison. Justin Watson was what in his third year, second year last year, and he didn't get on the field until Scotty Miller was out. And Scotty Miller didn't wasn't even wasn't even able to go through training camp because of his hamstring injuries, and he was still ahead of Justin Watson on the depth chart. Justin Watson, get get out of here. He's not the guy. 
That was taken from Corvallis. Wow, what a shot. The army of fleet tanking a Jeep. Sincere apologies to Matt Kelly. I ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled really soon. We'll get him on the air.